Welcome to the Blockchain Practitioners Podcast, a podcast where outstanding industry experts share their experience and talk about the amazing projects they're working on. We are very happy to present you this episode featuring Federico Nakarato Sartori from the United Nations World Food Program, with whom we will talk about blockchain for social good. Federico is an amazing individual. He's a startup enthusiast with over a decade of professional experience in management, entrepreneurship, and innovation. He joined World Food Program six years ago, and since then, he's been fully dedicated to leveraging innovation and technology to generate a positive impact in the humanitarian sector. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Hi, Federico. Thank you so much for joining. How are you today? Hi, Stella. Thank you for inviting me. I'm very good. Thanks. And you? I'm great. Thank you. So it's a pleasure to have you here. Could you please introduce yourself to our auditors? Absolutely. My name is Federico Naccarato. I'm the head of innovation for WFP Kenya. So we are working specifically on the Kenya country and um, our efforts are aimed to leverage and foster innovation for the good of the Kenyan people. That sounds amazing. <laughs> I'm very thrilled, actually, by this mission. Um, I read about the Building Blocks project, as I as I uh, told you, and I thought, whoa, this is just incredible. Um, can you please tell me a little bit about you and blockchain? How did you get involved in blockchain or in technology in general? Absolutely. So, well, maybe first of all, just introduce myself a little bit more. Uh, I have over a decade of experience in management and mainly in, uh, or rather, I started as an entrepreneur, I would say. So... You know, my, my expertise in, is in startups and in innovation since my very beginning uh, as a professional career. Um, so as I mentioned, I started as an entrepreneur. I've been working in the startup environment. I've been supporting and then also managing and acceleration programs in different industries. And then uh, in 2016, I got involved uh, with this uh, great organization that is the United Nations World Food Program. It's the largest um agency of the UN, but more generally, I think I can, we can say that we're the largest uh, humanitarian organization dealing and fighting with world hunger, or rather with, with hunger worldwide. Um, and uh, in general, we, uh, as, uh, as WFP in innovation, we do a lot uh, on technology and digital transformation, although we don't define innovation necessarily just as uh, digital. Um, it's it's much okay. broader, but I think this is a topic for another day. Uh, and uh, definitely, we work with different technologies. And uh, more and more 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 recently, we started looking at what we call the frontier technologies, uh, among which there is definitely the blockchain technology. Um, how I got involved with uh, blockchain uh, as a as a private person, obviously with cryptocurrencies, and I must say. Uh, maybe a bit late, so that happened really during the first boom of of the of the Bitcoin, um, and uh, so I started doing my you know little trading and uh, successfully or not successfully definitely didn't become a billionaire, um, and uh, and then I got more and more interested of course in the technology behind cryptocurrencies and behind Bitcoin that is blockchain as we know, and um, looking at different application in the humanitarian sector. Okay. Okay. That sounds, that sounds amazing. You know, um, it's very funny because when you said that you felt that you were late, I think everyone, no matter in which year <laughs> they started, feels like it was too late. Right. <laughs> well, I'm um, sure that a few folks started in the right time. <laughs> <laughs> um, can you tell me a bit more specifically about your mission in Kenya? Since you represent the Kenya office, what, what are your days like? <laughs> oh, wow. That's a tough question. I think that 
you know, working as the as the head of the innovation office, there is never a day that is like to the other. Uh, it's a very fun and interesting job, although we're dealing clearly with very serious issues related to food security uh, in Kenya, more generally also with food systems and also with supporting the government uh, in certain areas to to strengthen um, what what is the support they, they provide to their citizens. Um, so I will not be able to, you know, give you a, 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 an example of a, a day um, because, again, they, they, they change very often. But just to give a few examples, you know, there is clearly a lot of work that we do um, as desk work. Um, we do a lot of project management um, of, of innovative projects. Um, we are, as a UN agency, as WFP, we are... Um, you know, known to have a strong footprint at field level. So often we, we get to travel um, and see our operations at, at, at field level, that it's always very, very interesting because it connects, you know, uh, us with the nature of, of our work. Um, but also more recently, we started, uh, you know, leveraging the, the best practices and uh, also the methodologies coming from the innovation ecosystem, such as, for example, human-centered design, design thinking, uh, lean and agile development, putting it at service uh, to our colleagues uh, and also to other uh, strategic stakeholders, providing what we call the innovation consultancy services. So it's a set of services we provide around, you know, really looking at ways where we can leverage the, the, the best practice com coming from the innovation ecosystem and putting it at service of our work. Okay, that sounds uh, that sounds like quite an agenda. <laughs> I think you're also involved in uh, digital literacy training in, in Kenya, right? Absolutely, yes. Thanks for doing some uh, background research on our projects. Uh, <laughs> so, course, current <laughs> so currently in Kenya, we have uh, a lot of different projects really ranging in, in, in many different pillars or, or areas of interest, rather. So we, we range from supporting smallholder farmers to working in post-COVID recovery in, in urban settings. We work with refugees. Uh, we work with with strengthening livelihood opportunities and, and resilience for our beneficiaries. Uh, we work on logistics, on supply chain. We work, we work on nutrition. So it's a really wide range of work. What falls under two categories, or I would say three categories, because uh, there are um, other three topics that are cross-cutting for all our work. That is gender empowerment, it's support towards youth uh, or youth engagement. And also, sadly, more recently, also, uh, we are working a lot on climate change. Um, and um, as, you, as, you, as you were pointing out, there is also a very interesting work that we're doing on um, providing training to youth mainly in informal settlements in, in the urban settings um, of, of, uh, of the bigger cities here in Kenya. So we offer digital training and then we also do connect these beneficiaries and uh, to, to, to companies that can provide micro work uh, or digital micro work. Uh, so linking them to jobs and uh, supporting their, their livelihood opportunities. So creating really actually new livelihood opportunities, strengthening their resilience and more generally, you know, this really gives us an opportunity to support them towards moving towards self-reliance. So meaning that hopefully very soon they will not need to rely on, on the humanitarian assistance. Um, specifically, and I hope I, I'm not preempting the next question you, you, you have, <laughs> <laughs> but there is some, some stuff to do with cryptocurrencies and with blockchain also in this project. So maybe I'll stop here for now. 
<laughs> yes, don't spoil the question to the <laughs> listeners. <laughs> but uh, thank you very much. You know, it's a topic that really, really interests me, the social impact that tech can have. Because I think that unfortunately, when most people think about blockchain or Bitcoin or crypto, they associate it with scam, speculation, then we kind of disconnect it from the social side and, and the impact that it can have. So can you please give us a few use cases of uh, blockchain being used for social good and how it's used in some of your projects. Sure, Stella. And I mean, you know, um, I guess that the people that have these um, concerns are not 100% wrong, as in there, there are unfortunately uses uh, of this great technology that are, you know, not necessarily um, transparent or, or really um, to help other people. Uh, but definitely in the UN, there are great examples on how we are using this technology for the greater good. Um, so just to give you some very high-level examples, we use blockchain, or we have been using blockchain, or we are looking into using blockchain in the close future um, to create additional transparency, um, to track the exchange of values, for example, uh, but also to give uh, common visibility of data um, across different agencies or the different stakeholders, um, obviously, but obviously, as it happens often also in the private sector, uh, there is definitely a use that is very strong related to the autom automating smart contracts, for example. Um, and more recently, because it is a bit of a debated um, uh, topic and very sensitive for obvious reasons, um, there, there is uh, more focus uh, towards, you know, using this technology also to create or to solve issues around uh, identity and credentials for our beneficiaries. Um, to give you a few examples of, of concrete use cases from other UN agencies, and then maybe I can deep dive a bit more into what WFP does or is looking into doing. Uh, for example, UN Habitat has been using um, in Afghanistan the blockchain technology to, um, to do certification of land ownership, um, that I think it, it's a great use case, for example. Um, having a you know a ledger that cannot be modified, especially in in areas where there have been ch changes in regime or um, you know wars for many years. Another great example, in my opinion, uh, is what um, UNDP has been doing in uh, in Central America, in Ecuador, uh, to be more precise, where they have been using the blockchain technology uh, to create more transparency across the whole value chain. Uh, so in the optics of, you know, giving fair prices or fair income to the farmers, for example, and in giving this transparency to the customer that then, you know, can make better and more informed decisions. In WFP, uh, we are looking at also at other use cases that, you know, can vary greatly. And um, some examples, and you mentioned earlier, the building blocks project, for example, has been used to support our cash and voucher distribution and reduce greatly also uh, fees related to, for example, bank transfers in the more traditional way. Financial inclusion is another example, and maybe later I can give you a, a more detail. Uh, I can spend a few words on a project that we're running here in Kenya on financial inclusion, uh, actually a few projects. It can be used to be to increase the, um, the auditability, auditability. Um, so again, to be more transparent in the way we use the funds and um, also the outputs of the, the way we use our funds and our operations. Um, I mentioned entity services. This is something that it's, we're looking in is a bit tricky. Um, I can think also of um, the use of blockchain and, and supply chain management, for example. And also more recently, looking at climate change, there is a potential also to use blockchain, for example, 
in carbon tracking or carbon credits and um, you know these i would say new uh, although they're not super new topics that um, more recently you know they're getting more and more they're being more and more highlighted for obvious reasons unfortunately um, yeah so i hope i gave you a, a good overview of how we use this technology <laughs> Yes, definitely, definitely. And actually, I would love to hear about uh, about the project on financial inclusion that uh, you're working on in Kenya. Yeah. So, well, we have two projects um, that have to do with financial inclusion. So one is Impact. The main purpose is to train uh, youth in Kenya. We started with the informal settlements in, in Nairobi. Um, giving basically, you know, the youth an opportunity to learn through through courses, online or physical training courses, uh, generally on uh, digital skills. And then what we do is we don't just train them, but then we support these these youth to be linked to micro work that can be done online and globally. Meaning that then when we link and we support these beneficiaries, this youth to get jobs online with international companies, you need to think that th these people often don't have a bank account. And if they have a bank account, most probably it will be uh, a Kenyan shillings bank account. So it doesn't have multiple currencies. Also, if we think about the fact that, you know, the average payment for the, this, this micro work is about $2 per hour, that is actually changing really the life of, of these people in, in the formal settlements of Kenya. But clearly there are small payments that if you think about sending them these little funds or this money uh, with a normal bank wire, a bank transfer, the commissions will be so high that it will not make, make any sense to, to send this money. On top of that, as I said earlier, they most probably don't even have um, a USD or a Euro bank account. So how do we break this geographical barrier? We broke this geographical barrier by enabling uh, our beneficiaries with a crypto wallet. So using stable coins, they can be paid with stable coins, and then they can convert these stable coins in whatever other cryptocurrency they would like to make investments if they want. Clearly, as a side note, we also give them some basics on, on cryptocurrencies and, and, and uh, how to do make investments with crypto. The other option is to then convert them directly into dollars or or Kenyan shillings, so that then can, they can actually use this these these funds they have in there and their wallets for their daily life. So I think this is a great example of of how you know the blockchain and crypto in this specific case can really change the life of people uh, and really breaking barriers. So it's it's kind of a, an add on to internet because already internet is helping us to be more globalized and. Um, be able to to destroy these geographical barrier that were a big issue before uh, but now through cryptocurrencies also the payment system can be done uh, really in a fast and efficient manner um, the other project that we have in pilot phase it's it's another very interesting one it's based on community inclusion currencies where we are piloting a very basic version of a blockchain and uh, even more basic version of the digital crypto token, let's not even call it a currency, for, um, for communities that live in very remote areas where the, the normal currency might not even reach these areas at time. And so they need a, a token uh, you know, to keep track of, of the services and goods they, they exchange uh, among these communities. This is in pilot phase, so I don't want to kind of preempt everything, as in I hope that I will be able to <laughs> provide for with, with more details uh, in the coming months. But uh, yeah, just to give you a hint. 
Thank you so much. You know, um, I feel very excited about those types of projects because, um, as I said, a lot of people, I think, have misconceptions about uh, about crypto. And uh, as you said, some of them are justified. Mm. But originally, the goal of, of Bitcoin was to be in the, the money, the internet money, and to allow this financial inclusion. And this is something that I think we tend to forget in the crypto community. Um, because we are very excited about the speculation side and the, the money-making side, but we don't necessarily always think about the financial inclusion and how it changes lives. So it's amazing to have your input as someone who witnesses that and works actively on that on a daily basis. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> we try to do our best and to leverage the technology to really, you know, crypto and, 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 uh, and blockchain being one of these, but more generally... Uh, digital technologies to really support yes. and change the life of people. Definitely. And uh, actually, can you tell me a, a bit of the challenges uh, that you faced um, while, while trying to implement new technologies in developing countries? What are some of the main challenges that you have been facing? Yeah, well, that's a great question. I think we, we could have a podcast only on this because, <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> the jokes apart, uh, if you think about it, you know, we... Okay, so first of all, Innovation for us is more about processes, not necessarily about technologies in general. So I just want to, you know, uh, open and close this this little um, parenthesis on it because I think it's it's important to mention. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, a lot of the work we do has to do with technology and digital transformation, and this is definitely one of the most uh, exciting parts uh, of of the work we do. Um, that said. Um, you know, I had the luck to work now with, with this great organization that is the World Food Program for about six years now, I think. Uh, I, lost, I lost track of time, I think. Um, but it's been a great experience. I had the opportunity to work in over 13 countries uh, uh, that, you know, we call them country offices. That's where we're active uh, physically. Um, so, you know, not considering the, um, the, the headquarters in Rome or the, the office, uh, the, the main innovation office in, in Munich, Germany. Uh, so I had the opportunity to really experience the, the work um, in the field quite a lot. And um, I mean, challenges are many. When you do implementation of innovation in general, especially digital technologies in um, not even developing countries, uh, but really in the deep, deep field where, you know, there are many challenges also just related to infrastructure or to war. Um, so I had, for example, I can give you an example that maybe, you know, it, it is a funny story, although it's, it's not funny at all, um, <laughs> but it's been a concrete challenge of one of the implementations I had. Um, so I, I was, uh, after many months of, of, um, of work, um, in the deep field, uh, you know, following the human-centered design approach, and so really trying to understand how to best design this digital transformation system for this country in um, in Africa. We go back at the time I was based in Munich and in the, the Innovation Accelerator. We started designing and developing uh, this prototype. We go back to this country after, you know, a few months, and we have been following, you know, all the learnings from the field, so we were pretty sure that everything will work. And um, although this system was designed to work also offline, it required a little bit of, um, of data, of connectivity, sorry, as in the, there was the need to send data to the cloud, uh, at least on a weekly basis, so not on a daily basis, but at least on a weekly basis. And um, in this area where we were, you know, during the, what we call the scoping 
mission. So when we go and then do the design phase, you know, I could easily make a WhatsApp phone call, uh, maybe not with video, but uh, the audio was, was, was good. I mean, it was stable. So I was pretty comfortable with, with, with the whole thing. Um, we go back, and unfortunately, this is a country where there uh, is, especially at that time, an active war. So we go back into this area, and, um, you know, we, we start testing the internet, and there was no signal whatsoever. I mean, I could not even send a text message now. And I ask, hey, guys, I mean, what, what happened? Uh, you know, we were not expecting this. We, we, we need to deploy the system in, in a few days. What's happening? And they said, well, you know, this is a, is a word zone. So they ripped off all the, the copper from the telecommunication system towers or whatever that was. And so, you know, although I, I tell this story a bit with a smile on the face, because, again, it shows one of the many challenges you face, it is definitely, you know, highlighting one of the, the, the million different um, instances that you, you need to forecast deploy uh, or you work on innovation in, uh, in the humanitarian sector. Yeah, so maybe this is a concrete example. As I said, like I, co- I could go on forever and ever. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, this is a very concrete example. <laughs> wow, yeah, it's, it doesn't sound, uh, doesn't sound so yeah. much fun. And on the contrary, what new opportunities do you think that blockchain or technology in general will create for social initiatives, nonprofits and charities around the world? Because you've, you're using it right now and you're developing um, different projects with the, with the UN. Do you think that this is something that's going to become more and yeah, more mainstream? Yeah, I definitely think uh, that mainstream? this will be a technology that will be mainstream. I mean, m- many people refer to the blockchain as, you know, uh, the internet, as in how, how we cannot even imagine a world without internet right especially for us um you know younger generations so to say um i remember i had the the what was it called 50 55k modem the one that made all that noise when you were connecting um but if if i look like for example my nieces that are uh six and, and 11 years old they now study on ipads and you know internet is something uh I mean, I remember that when, when they were already three years old, they could go on YouTube and watch their favorite cartoons. Uh, easy, <laughs> you know. Uh, <laughs> we had the Game Boys <laughs> when, when we were kids. So um, definitely there's something that uh, will, will change the way we think and we, we operate in our daily work. Um, that said, I think that on the topic of um, w- within the, the humanitarian and uh, philanthropic sector, I think that it will make a huge difference, especially when it will come it comes to the topic of uh, traceability and transparency, uh, and so accountability in general. Um, so you know, when we look at donations, how we can uh, how we receive the funds uh, or the donations, um, how we can track. Uh, or donors can track the way we use the money, I think that will make uh, a huge difference. And honestly, it will also um, kind of, so to say, destroy certain uh, false myth. Uh, I don't know if that's the right word in English. Uh, but, you know, there, there are many, uh, many preconceptions on, um, on, on in general foundations, uh, also, so much criticism towards the, the UN, uh, where they say that, you know, many people say that we waste money. I mean, every big organization has some inefficiencies, uh, but there are, um, I think that there, there, there must be a better way to show that actually we take good care of the, the, 
the the funds and generate the resources we receive and we make our our real best you know to use them in a wise way that can maximize the impact towards our beneficiaries so i hope that these technologies can actually you know help us to to yeah to bring more transparency and to uh, also create gr greater confidence towards generally uh, organizations that are helping other people uh, and ensure that you know people are not skeptical anymore on on how funds are used yes 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 i have worked uh, my fair share in nonprofits <laughs> and i know that this is generally quite an yeah. issue that people are not necessarily certain where the money is going so mm. i think on the transparency aspect this is where we're going to see um, maybe one of the most important changes and uh and actually if someone wants to support your project and and also have an impact what's the best way to to contribute do you have a un cryptocurrency that we <laughs> can donate in wow that that's a great idea maybe I, I i'm should, sure I it would be a in great incentive <laughs> of our office um no we don't have a yet uh, a un cryptocurrency although it's, it's a really cool <laughs> idea um but we you know if people want to support us especially you know on a peer-to-peer -peer basis uh, also 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 on this we have an innovation called share the meal uh many people listening to this podcast maybe already heard about it but it's uh it's an app you can download um on your app store on the or on the android store um depending which kind of phone you use um and you can donate um as uh as as fast as as the tap of 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 a button on your on your smartphone really um and you can donate um you know whatever amount you want uh, starting with the lowest that is about 40 cents of a euro uh, that basically it's feeding one child uh, for one day wow yeah yeah no it's it's a, it's a great it's a great that's that's awesome it's that's really awesome. a great uh, innovation a great uh, app that that uh, that's been created by wfp and we're very proud of it we also won we as in you know wfp not no, i have no credit in this um there's an amazing team working behind it um but they also won many awards also you know from uh, rated as the best apps from 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 apple and so on and if you want to donate specifically for our cause um there is a campaign that we opened a few weeks ago um, on uh, for our beneficiaries in Kenya to support uh, them with their livelihood opportunities, giving them access to the opportunity to start farming through hydroponic systems and uh, and become self-reliant uh, very soon. So that could be a great way to to support our cause. Of course, there are uh, many other campaigns that are very interesting. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you so much. Um, I'll make sure to to link. Um, you, you will give me the links and I will make sure to put them in the description yeah. of the episode and also on our website and our social media. And actually, where can we follow the updates of the work you guys are doing uh, innovation-wise? Yeah, uh, well, thanks for the question. So um, clearly, um, you know, uh, I try to do my best um, on, on social media. Uh, so, you know, I tweet as much as possible about our projects, the work we're doing. Uh, maybe we can link also my handles and uh, LinkedIn. It's another strong tool. I would say, for me personally, is the strongest I use uh, to share, um, you know, the, the work we're doing and to to send updates to the world. Um, but you know, there is there are all the, the the different social media from WFP. I would really recommend to follow 
not because you know uh, mine is, is is more focused on on Kenya and definitely I, I'm, I'm not um, uh, a communication officer as, as a profession uh, but the innovation accelerator the Munich office I was referring to earlier so WFP innovation uh, you can find it on Twitter on Instagram and um, and uh, on LinkedIn and uh, also the website so that will be www.innovation.wfp.org and uh, you can also subscribe to the newsletter um, and uh, there is also a beautiful page with all the projects and the portfolio globally um, so i think that's that's very interesting and of course there is a lot related to blockchain and all the work that we're doing on blockchain thank you so much federico for taking the time i really had fun and learned a lot during this interview i hope it was also fun for you it was thanks Stella. thanks for inviting me <laughs> My pleasure. And um, well, hope to see you soon, maybe on second episode where you can tell, tell us about your the projects you're working on now so that we can have a, a before and after. <laughs> Absolutely. That would be lovely. Okay. So thank you very much again. And I wish you an amazing week. Thank you. Thank you. And we, we are, I'm sure we will be in touch soon. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Blockchain Practitioners Podcast. I was really, really looking forward to doing this episode because what got me excited about blockchain the most when I started reading about it was exactly that. Its potential to enable financial inclusion and empower individuals all around the world. It was very inspiring to talk with someone like Federico, who's actually doing the job on the field and changing lives every day. If you want to dive in deeper, you can find all the links regarding the work of the United Nations and the WFP, but also the handles of Federico on our brand new website, blockchainpractitioners.com. If you liked this episode and would like to follow more of our work, feel free to subscribe. And if you're involved in a cool project and would like to share with our practitioners community, don't be shy to reach out. In any case, stay tuned for more and take care.